Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Craft to Career podcast. I am super excited to have our guest, Allie of Exhausted Octopus, with us this week. Allie is someone who I met, you'll hear more about it, but um, we met in my membership and now she is actually creating a membership of her own. And I actually didn't know and learn about that until I'd asked her to be on the podcast because her business has just really taken off in a very organic way. And even in a way that she wasn't really trying to do that, it just sort of happened. So I can't wait for you to listen to our conversation and hear more about Allie's story. I'm sure there will be something in there that resonates with you and that sparks some ideas. Before we jump into the call with Allie, I want to read this week's review, which comes from Sadie Lorraine, and it says, Marketing 101, I have enjoyed listening to this podcast and love the business marketing tips. I knew I was learning a lot, but I didn't realize just how much information these episodes hold. I recently took a marketing quiz for a job application, and my results were in the highly proficient range. And everything I know about marketing, I learned from this podcast. So educational and applicable. Thank you for sharing this information. Thank you so much for that review. And that is so cool that you were able to get a highly proficient ranking on a job application simply from the things that you've learned on this podcast. That is like mission accomplished. So awesome. Thank you, Sadie Lorraine. And I'm also getting pretty excited because in a couple of days, the quilt pattern writing course opens for registration. This is only once a year. And I've had someone ask, why, why is it only once a year? It's an eight week course and it's a very hands-on course. It's a course where I walk you through the steps. So at the end of the course, you have a pattern that is ready to sell and we have live question and answers each week. It's, it's a very hands-on approach to teaching. And again, I only open this once a year and it's open the registration from September 7th through September 12th. So if this is something that you're interested in, come and learn more about it at quilterscandy.com. And now I'm really excited to introduce you to Allie of Exhausted Octopus. Allie, thank you so much for being here on the Craft to Career podcast. I am so thank excited. You for having me. Yeah, it's been really fun for me to to meet you first. Uh, you were in the Quilters Candy membership, and how we even like met. We both live in the same area of Texas. You won a prize in the membership, and we decided to meet up in person and just you know hand it over at a local quilt shop. This was years ago, like. It feels like years ago at this point. I think it was 2019. Okay. I'm not sure. But it was, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it was crazy though. Yeah. And so you won, won the fabric prize. And then I, it like, you have totally blossomed into your own career with quilting. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you do and how it started? Yeah, of course. So it kind of took me by surprise, actually. Um, I started on Instagram, not even thinking it would be a business ever. Um, I just, I started getting into quilting and I was posting pictures about it on Facebook. And then I was posting so many pictures about it. I was just like, look, this is this, this is that. And I was, nobody, 
nobody that I'm friends or family with is a quilter. None of them really cared to hear about it. And so one of my friends was like, why don't you start an Instagram so you can kind of keep your own personal diary, you know? And I was like, that sounds great because I'm just annoying people. So let me just go over here where I don't know anybody. I'm not going to be a bother. And I can just kind of just do this for me. And at first there were like 20 people following me. And I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Like there's 20 people who are these people. And then it kept getting more and more. And it just absolutely took me by surprise. I, it's, it's been amazing. And um, I'm still kind of shocked that there are people who want to see what I'm doing because it's just, I feel like it's just me. Do you know, it's just me. I'm just a person, but it's, it's, crazy and surreal and awesome and I've gotten to meet so many people that's absolutely the best part about it is all of my friends now are in this quilting community and I'm so thankful for that because without that I would not have made it through 2020 uh truly yeah well and I think it's so funny that it started off with like a suggestion why don't you go over here so you don't annoy your friends and now it's right. kind of like your friends have shifted and it's this whole yes. other community. I found new friends who yeah. understand me yeah but yeah so from a business standpoint it, well first of all tell us what what ways you bring in income with the quilting business okay so the main one I think it really started as as an income source with um the release of my first class um, which is the sea glass class. And that also kind of almost happened on accident, which is weird to say. Um, but I started making these quilts and um, I got a lot of comments and people asking, wow, like, how did you make that? That looks so cool. And, you know, I kind of wanted to just share it. And then I was like, well, so many people are asking if I just keep telling each individual person how to do it, like it's taking all of my time and I don't have time to actually make the quilt. And um, then someone was like, well, why don't you make a class about it? And I was like, well, would anyone really be interested in that? Like what's, you know, I don't know. Like it's, and I, sure enough, I made the class and figured out how to get that together. Um, stretched some new skills with making videos um, mm-hmm. and found out that I completely love it. Um, just the making the videos and writing out the process and teaching it. And it was so, so fulfilling to make that. And then I released it thinking, okay, well, you know, if like six people sign up, it'll be totally worth it. Um, Just because I made it, it's out there. Awesome. I did it. And definitely more than six people have signed up. Um, And it's been really, really just overwhelmingly successful. And I'm so, so thankful for it because without that, I wouldn't, gosh, I wouldn't be able to do any of the stuff I'm doing right now with um, all the new things I'm coming up with and uh, wouldn't have a long arm and like all of that. So it's it's been surprising, but good. Yeah, it's just so cool to watch because I remember when you're like, I'm going to launch this course and it was like, oh, I don't know. And it has just, I mean, from my perspective, like boomed. I mean, people love it. It's, it's been great. Um, and honestly, the best part which I was not even expecting at all. Um, but the best part is what people share. Um, people will message me, people will send me emails and say, I made this with these scraps that my mom saved. Um, or we used to go collecting beach glass when I was little and it was such a good memory for us. And then we made this together during quarantine, like across the country, but at the same time. 
And I'm just reading these emails, just like crying, like just tears coming down my face because this thing happened that would not have, I mean, they would have done something else, of course, but like they're, they're getting together over a thing that came out of my brain, which is just so surreal to me. And that's been truly amazing um, to have that, to hear those stories and to have people saying, thank you, Allie, for this. And I'm like, you did it. You did the thing. That wasn't me, but awesome. And it's just, it's so, so, so happy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a surreal thing, a, a humbling thing to see people create. I don't even know how to describe it, but just hearing what you're saying, like when people start creating and thanking you, it's this weird sort of like very humbling, you know? Yeah. It's very humbling. But I feel like I, I, the success you've had has come from from such a humble place. I mean, you are, you're just a very down to earth, not, uh, I don't know if even precocious is the right word, but just humble. And, and I feel like your success has come from a very genuine place, you know, and that's been really neat to watch where it's not, I don't feel like you were hungry for success or seeking this thing, but it just sort of fell on your lap, you know? Yeah. It, it, to be honest, it kind of makes me nervous. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I've never been, um, very skilled at speaking to a lot of people. Um, and so it's, there've definitely been moments where I do best talking to one person or like one-on-one, I'm really good at that connection. Um, and I have a lot of social anxiety, which I'm pretty open about. Um, and I think it's good to be open about it because a lot of people struggle with that. And it's, it's one of those things where it helps to hear other people sharing it because then it's easier to talk about and that helps it to kind of be easier to deal with. But um, anyway, it, it helps to remember that when I, I look at the number of followers or whatever, it's, it's not a big giant group. It's like individual people. And so it's, it's easier to not get overwhelmed. It definitely, it is more personable than it appears. With the internet too, it's easy for things to appear faceless, I guess, because they kind of are by nature. Um, and so you can have this sense that you're alone or overwhelmed. Um, and it's easy to, to fall into that. And I do that too sometimes where I'm just like, I feel totally alone. Um, but then even being able to say, hey, I feel alone right now. Um, and having a bunch of people say, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. Thank you for saying that. And then we have a connection and it's it's really genuine and um, and it's really special. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, I've really I mean that radiates from you. Like you you come across as just a very genuine personable person and I think because of your realness about like I'm not super comfortable. I get social anxiety. I feel like people can connect with you because you're very real. It can be intimidating sometimes when someone comes across as just so put together and you're like I am a mess over here. How is yeah. that, you know, but like to know that you're a very real approachable person. Um, but so, okay, for those who are listening, who don't know what you offer, I'm going to put a link to photo you know, your course and everything, but can you explain what the sea glass method is, how you came across it and what it's, what it's all about? Okay. So I first started back in 2019, I got this idea to make a sea glass quilt. Um, I have a background of marine biology and it kind of comes into my work sometimes intentionally or unintentionally um and so I had this idea like I really want to make a a quilt that's like sea glass colors but 
and I made one, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. And um, I, it was just, it was like a basic half square triangle pattern and lots of points. And I realized after I made it that the reason why it wasn't working was because everything was pointy. And the thing that I love about sea glass is that it's worn smooth. And I, this was back in fall of 2019. I was barely quilting very much. I was doing other people's patterns. Um, and I thought, well, I need to do something with round curves, but I don't know how. I didn't know anything at this time. I didn't know that there even was curved piecing. I didn't know that there was raw edge applique. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, and I went to my first and only actually Houston International Quilt Festival. And I was walking around and I kept just going, oh my gosh, we're allowed to do that. We're, we're allowed to do that. What's that? And it was like my brain just broke open because in that moment it was seeing, oh, there's no like one set of rules. We can just make what we want to make. And now whether or not that'll hold up to, you know, different elements or use or whatever is, is all up for it. But I realized that what I made didn't have to be like a quilt that you use as a blanket. It could be an art quilt. And I realized that I could do raw edge and curves. And so I went home after that and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop worrying about how I'm going to make the thing. And I'm just going to just try it and just see. And so I started cutting up pieces and I made my first sea glass quilt. And the first one that looks like what I make now, even though I've changed it a lot since then and improved. Um, and that was the first one where I was like, yeah, this is what I want to be making. And so then I, I made another one and another one and another one. And every time I made one, I was like, oh, that's great. But what if I were to do this? What if I were to do that? Um, and so it's at, at its core, it's raw edge applique circles, right? I mean, it's pretty basic, but the way that I arrange them, it's, there's a lot of movement with color and with value, light to dark. Um, and then there's different moods that you can evoke just by the way that you rearrange the pieces. And so it, it seems pretty simple, but the design element is much more complex. And so at first I struggled because I was like, well, this, I want to share this and make it something that people can do, but it doesn't really lend itself well to one pattern. Um, and people still will message me and say, is there one specific pattern? And I'm, I'm always like, no, there's not because there's, there's so many different things you could do with this. Um, and really that's the joy is everybody puts their own spin on it. Everybody's looked a little bit different. Um, even if they do the same exact color flow and everything, it's going to be different because you're using your scraps, um, which is the other great part about it. It's like the perfect scrap buster. Uh, because you don't need pieces that are very large and you can have little memory pieces in there too. So I think that's why it really took off and resonated because it's so easy to change it into whatever speaks to you and your own design and what you want to say and your favorite colors. So yeah. Yeah. I think part of the success of it too, is that it is so unique. I love that you were walking through, was it quilt festival or quilt market that you were walking through? Um, quilt festival. Yeah. The, I guess, I mean, kind of the same. I missed the market though. I, I was so bummed out because I didn't understand how it worked and that like there was a market first and then festival. Um, so I, I missed meeting most of the people that I wanted to meet because they were all gone by then. Yeah. Um, this year, you'll have yeah. to go this year. I'm definitely going this year. I actually have a quilt in it this year. Yay. Um, 
I know. <laughs> it's kind of I'll crazy. I'll have to look for that. But yeah, it's unique. I mean, even the whole birth of it of like, wait a minute, there I can do whatever I want. And this, mm-hmm. I, I mean, when I see it, it stands out when I'm scrolling through Instagram, like, whoa, that's really unique. And so I think that's another, I don't know, intrigue for people is like, what is this thing? And then I will be totally honest. So you're a marine biologist, the water and all that's very familiar to mm-hmm. you. I had never heard of sea glass. I was like, is this a thing? So I had to Google oh it. <laughs> Yeah. So like, where did you grow up? I, I, how I grew up in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, but there is no sea glass that I'm aware right. of. Gosh, I'm, you know, now that you say that, I'm wondering, I feel like there is, there's got to be like, but I don't know. I don't know. That's worth looking into. Um, I grew up actually pretty landlocked. I grew up in Dallas. Um, oh. And then I went to school in Galveston uh, and lived there for a while. Um, and now I'm in Houston. So I've always been in Texas. But I've never, I've never found sea glass myself. Like I've never collected it, but it's one of those things in my mind that I've always wanted to find like bucket list item. It's right up there on the same list for me. as like, it's, it's the same level of mystery as black holes and volcanoes and sea glass. I don't know why it just, I was like, I love it. It's a cool idea. Um, and I've always been intrigued by the way that it looks, but, um, but never found any. Um, so I don't know. It's, I think it was just in that weird space where I was looking at blues and greens. I had a lot of that fabric because I'm really drawn to it. And I was like, you know, it looks kind of like sea glass. So I decided to start, but no, I've never collected it myself. Um, but yeah, I didn't know it was that rare. So sea glass is like hard. You've not seen any in real life. Well, I've seen it now because some people have sent it to me, which is so cool. cool. Um, like somebody on who saw my post on reddit because i posted there about the sea glass quilt and somebody was like wow i've got a bunch of sea glass would you like some and i was like are you serious <laughs> yes thank you internet stranger um so they sent me like a, a package of sea glass that they'd collected and it, it's amazing um and so yeah i have some but i've never physically collected it myself the hmm. beaches that i lived on i mean it's you know galveston beach which is very it's, it's very muddy um, and it's a lot of seaweed and it's rich with life, but it's not, not a place where sea glass typically washes up. Usually the glass you find there is not at all safe to approach. So mm-hmm. that's uh, it's kind of hmm. a different situation. All right. I'm on a new mission now to find sea glass. Like <laughs> this is yeah. on my bucket list now. So I am curious what, dreams you have moving forward? What are, what are your business goals and aspirations? Yeah. So I have some things, um, in the works actually I'm tomorrow I'm releasing uh, a pattern, which I'm very excited about. It's a foundation paper piece pattern, um, called deco tiles, which I designed after seeing, um, juicy juices, new line of deco fabric. There's that coming out, which I'm very excited about. Um, and then um, I have a uh, an English paper piece pattern um, that I've worked on and designed and am not quite ready to send out to testers yet, but I'm going to be doing that soon, um, which is also ocean themed. It's called Tide Pool. And depending on how you make it, it can look like a starfish or a sea urchin. Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> but that is so cool. Also, thank you. <laughs> I am also super, super excited about this new membership that I have coming out. 
I'm working on it right now. I'm still planning it and building it. But the idea is I want to set up something where each month people who are part of this membership will get um, a pattern or a tutorial. Um, it's going to be lots of videos. Um, also, they're going to have the opportunity to talk with me about ideas that they have or just questions or anything. And I really want to create this community space where people are sharing and making and doing these things. The reason why I decided to start a membership is because I have so many ideas that are smaller, um, like they're not quite enough to be a full class and it's not quite enough to, to release this whole thing about it, but it is enough to make a quilt or to make a, a small thing. And rather than having a bunch of different classes that are all, you know, big releases, I realized this is perfect for having lots of smaller releases and having the time to focus on each one for a little while and then move on to the next. Um, because so much of what I want to do is that. I'm like, oh, I want to try this thing. Okay, now I tried it. I want to try something else. And so I, I wanted something that kind of fit with that. Um, and also, I have a lot of people messaging me saying, I've never quilted before, but now I want to try it. Where do I start? And I always have to, like, I mean, if they're brand new, they've never sewn anything before, um, I send them to YouTube because I'm like, I, I, I have no, like, beginner video for you. I wish I did. And everything I learned, I learned from YouTube. So I've got like people that I recommend. I'm like, oh, go watch this video. Go watch that video. But still, it's kind of a grab bag. And you'll have people who teach in different ways. And you have videos that are easier or harder to understand. And a lot of them are not captioned. And that's really difficult for people who are uh, deaf or hard of hearing. Um, so I, I realized that I want to create a space where I have those videos, where I can say, hey, I've got a video about this, or I've got a whole series of videos. If you are brand new and you've never picked up anything, you don't know how to work your sewing machine, which is where I started. I didn't, when I started quilting, I didn't even know how to thread my machine. Um, it's possible. And so I wanted to make it really, really accessible for people who are coming to it, who are nervous or scared or whatever, and just know that you can do it and it's okay. And it doesn't have to be like perfect and it doesn't have to be anything. I just want you to have the ability to, to know what the tools are so that you can make what you want to make and make it the way you want to make it and have it be something that expresses who you are and what you can do. I love it. And again, it's, born from this natural place. This is definitely not you being like, oh, this is a great business opportunity, but it's, there's a demand and a desire and things that you're coming up with. And this is the best way to share it. And you have people it's plus you love the, the, um, the relationships that you have with people. And so this is a way to really foster that. Absolutely. So I'm curious when you first started your course, well, I'm curious what platforms, where do you offer your course? Is it through like Kajabi or a blog or, you know, and same with the membership, where are you going to host that? Okay. So my course, uh, my Seaglass class, and I also have um, an inside out class, uh, which is about my inside out quote, which I just released uh, last month, the month before. I don't know what time is anymore. We're all <laughs> in this weird space. <laughs> Um, that's on, those are on course craft, mm -hmm. um, which I really love as, um, 
uh, just as a place to host them. It's easier for me to write them and put them up. I think it's easy to navigate and go through. Um, and it's, it's been working very well. Um, and then my membership will be on Kajabi. Um, mm-hmm. And I got there um, as a recommendation from my friend Kitty Wilkin. She's at Night Quilter. Um, and she recently started her own membership. And I was telling her, well, I've got, you know, I've got this idea and I've got that idea and I want to do this and I want to have a community, but I don't know how to put it all together. And she's like, well, what if you try this? Um, so that's where I was just like, oh, that's, that's, that's a great idea. Cause then I could bring in all of these things that I'm trying to incorporate into one spot. Um, so that's where that was kind of born. So I'm still figuring it out uh, mm-hmm, yep. it and getting things prepared. Uh, but that's the plan with that. And you mentioned closed captioning. You're going to put closed caption on your video. Is that yes. right? Yes. What, All I, my videos will have captions. How? Okay. I just recently had someone ask about closed caption on one of my videos. And I, I'm embarrassed to admit that I hadn't thought of that before, but it's something I will be doing moving forward. So just out of curiosity, what, what, how are you doing that? What system are you using totally. for that? So um, there's lots of different apps for it. Um, and the one that I like to use is called Mixed Captions. Um, M-I-X captions. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of success with it. Um, I don't know that it's the best one out there, to be honest, because I haven't tried a whole lot. I just found this and really like the way that it works. Um, but the way that I do my videos is I will edit them to where I want them to be. I'll do all of that on my computer and then put it through mixed captions. And it kind of it like burns them onto the video. Mm-hmm. So then I have a video where it's just saved at that. So there's no option to turn them on or off. They're just there. Okay. Um, which isn't maybe the best, but I'd rather them be there than not. Yeah. Um, and when I first wrote my Seaglass class and published that, there are no captions on those videos because I didn't know how to do it. Um, but I took screenshots of like throughout the video of important moments and then wrote everything down that's said in the video is written down below. So if somebody can't hear they can read. Um, mm. It's less fluid, I guess, or it, 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 I wish it was a little more elegant, right, <laughs> but, yeah. but that's, that's how that one's done. But by the time I got to my next class, uh, I, I had figured that out. So, but yeah, it's an app that you can do on the phone or on the computer as well. Um, so that's been really helpful. You run it through and they give you like the idea of what the captions are and then you go through and correct it. So a lot of things, it doesn't understand that we're talking about quilting all the time. So it'll say a different word and you have to be like, no, no, that's that word. And mm-hmm. um, so it's a lot to parse through, but, but it's definitely worth it, I think. Yeah. And does it have a cap of the, I forget which system I'm trying, but it had a cap of like the minutes can only be, the video can only be 20 minutes long. I was like, oh, my videos are longer. So does this work? Yeah. Well? There is a cap, um, and I don't run into that just because of the way that I do my videos, and I I don't know exactly what the cap is. I want to say it's 10 minutes, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but I do my videos in, like, smaller bits, so I'll break things up into pieces, and so it'll be, like, a five-minute video, and I'm talking about this section, and then we go to the next. And so that's kind of how I do it in more, like, bite-sized pieces, so I don't run into that as much. And then one other idea as I'm brand new toying with this, um, I was thinking, I don't know, tell me your thoughts, offering like, here's the ones without closed caption. And then especially in Kajabi, because it doesn't matter how many like different 
menus you have, but if you want closed captioning, here's the exact same information, but it includes the closed captioning. That way, if, if it gets in the way and someone doesn't want to have those words there, they don't. I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I don't that? know. That could be a way that you do it. Um, I mean, it's twice the work, but I mean, it's just a copy paste, I guess, and you put in a different video. Um, yeah. I mean, I know like some people really don't like it, but more and more these days, I mean, I'm, I'm a person who always has them on anyway, because I, I have trouble here. I mean, I'm not hard of hearing at all, but I'm, well, maybe I am a little, but like I can hear for movies and TV shows or whatever, I can hear the sound it's coming at me, but I can't hear the words. Like it's so they always just get lost and garbled and it's just, I can't hear. And we'll be watching a show and my husband's like, oh, you can't hear this. It's really loud. I'm like, I can physically hear, mm -hmm. but I don't know what they're saying because it's just it, too much it noise. Gets lost. Yeah. So yeah, I always like to have the captions on anyway, but I know not everybody does. Um, so mm, interesting yeah. things to think about. But I'm really excited for your membership. So you'll have to let me know when it's open and I'll share about that with my followers. Thank I think you. that's really exciting for them. Okay, looking back at your business, if you were to say at one moment, like, this is a moment that really propelled my business that it grew a lot because of this. Is there something that you can see? Yeah, it would have to be sea glass. Um, because before that, I mean, I, I'm not sure it was kind of a steady growth, if you look at the whole thing. But that was the moment where I realized oh, I actually might have something worth sharing mm -hmm. um, after I put it out. <laughs> I mean, like before <laughs> I put it out, so many people were asking about it. I was like, okay, well, those people will probably sign up and it'll be worth it for them. That's awesome and, and fantastic. But after I put it out and that day after just watching people sign up and I just was sitting there stunned um, that so many people wanted to hear and to pay for my information um it was just so humbling and shocking and amazing and that was the first moment where I was like oh I think maybe this could actually be a business idea um and there's a struggle there too because on the one hand it's it it kind of changes it right to be thinking of this thing that I love that's my passion and putting a business label on it 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 changes the dynamic of it. It changes the way that you think about things. Um, and I get stuck in this moment sometimes where I'm making something just for me and halfway through making it, this little part of my brain will go, oh, but how are you gonna make this so that other people can make it? And how are you gonna write the pattern for this? And how are you gonna sell this? And it's just like, la 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 la, it's too much. Um, and it kind of ruins what I'm doing. Like I wanna mm -hmm. just make this for me because I wanna make it and it makes me happy. and so I have to, in that moment, just kind of say, hold on to those voices and just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, and then after it's done, I can look at it. I mean, I'll take notes during, cause I will forget. I'll be like, oh, okay, I cut this here and I did that there, all right. But I have to keep going thinking, I'm not gonna sell this. It's not gonna be pattern. It's not gonna be anything. I'm just gonna make it and just see if I like it or not. Um, and it, that's a muscle that I continue to have to work um, because there is that part that's like, well, how do I, you know, make money off of this? How do I do that? Because at the end of it, like I have a family, I have three children who I'm trying to support. And so there's yep. all of that. And it's, 
it's this huge mix, but I have to continue to go back to you. What makes me happy? What do I want to create? What brings me peace? What do I want to say with my work just for me? Um, and then the rest will follow if it stands up on its own. This is such an interesting conversation. I feel like we could do an entire podcast episode on that topic because yes. it is such a mental gymnastics. I think you cross this line of taking something that's a passion, a hobby, and it becomes a business. And I definitely get in my head sometimes where it almost like, and I, and it shouldn't, but it starts to feel gross sometimes. And I, I just mm -hmm. think it's good to talk about this with other entrepreneurs as well. And especially if there's someone out there who, who says something that like, I'm worried it might come across this way and they'll, they'll call it out and say, you're just selling this because you're trying to earn money. I'm like, Oh, that's a real like low blow because, yeah. because we're taking something that we love and are passionate about. And, and there's a need and a want for people who want to learn how to make the sea glass thing that, that doesn't make it gross, you know? And for then sure. I'll be talking to someone or like, you know, you get a, I'll get a DM or something and they'll say, Oh, thank you so much for this. It really means a lot. And there's a moment in my business brain where I'm like, Ooh, could I use this as a testimonial? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, Elizabeth, step back. You know, do you, I don't know. So it's a very interesting. I absolutely understand this because I've, I've had these, these messages before where people are like, well, you should just put this out for free or, you know, it's just, it's just this, like I could have done that. And part of me is thinking, okay, well, great, then go do that. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm, I'm putting myself out there and I believe that I should be compensated for my effort and my time. And if you want to pay me, that's awesome. And if you don't, you don't have to, it's yep. your choice. Um, so that's, I mean, that's the world that we live in. And I, people, artists should be compensated for their creativity and their time and their effort. Um, and, and there's that aspect historically, culturally, being somebody who identifies as a woman, um, I, I, I feel like there is this particular pressure on women, on people who identify as women in this society to almost apologize for taking up space. Um, and I've been running into this a lot lately too, because I feel like I shouldn't be taking up space on the internet or, you know, I, I shouldn't be talking about myself so much because then I'm like full of myself. Like that's not at all how I want to come across. And then I speak to my husband who's like, well, yeah, get on in there, go do that. And I'm like, that's easy for you to say because you have not grown up with this idea of, well, don't, don't take up too much space, keep it small because you don't want to be annoying and you don't mm -hmm. want to be this. And, and so that, that tends to hold us back so that when we get a little bit of success, then we're thinking, well, did I really earn that? I, I didn't actually, because you don't really know how, you know, in my head, like I'm just worthless and gross and bad. And like all of this stuff is all mixed up. Just so even when we have this space and this privilege to go forward and do the thing internally, we're still cutting ourselves down yep. and it's just nonsense. It is. It is nonsense. And I yeah. think addressing it and talking about it is really helpful, especially like I've heard other female entrepreneurs who will say, I don't want to sound salesy. I feel like I'm being pushy. And I'm like, wow, I have never once heard 
a man say that, that like, and I don't mean to be offensive by using genders here, but I've never heard a man say, um, oh, I don't want to be too forward or too aggressive or too salesy. Never in my life have I heard that. But as females, it's this like, well, we just need to, we need to not be too big. We need to just not be offensive. We need to make sure other people are comfortable and not come across as boastful or these things where I'm like that. And what has changed for me is when I've put out an offer and, um, specifically my, my craft a career course. And at first it just wasn't selling as much. And I reached out to some friends. I'm like, why, why would you think? And they're like, it's the cost. And I was like, Oh, I need to make the value more obvious. And it was, And it was, it it was this mind shift of like, no, people have to understand what they're getting out of this product. And it could look like me schlepping myself or, you know, being like, I'm so amazing. But it's, it's, if you change that mindset of here's what you get out of this, here's the Mm -hmm. offer that you get. Um, But it is an interesting thing when people come at you. I don't know if you've had that or not. And I hope you never do. But when someone, when they come at you and tell you these things that are culturally, propelled, you know, that like, well, you're doing this and it's terrible. And, but it's definitely, I feel like, I don't know. And I could be wrong. Maybe there's men out there going to hear this and be like, no, I absolutely struggle with that too. So, but it's, I don't know. I've absolutely had that. Yes. I have had that where people, um, reach out and are not great. And, and something that is, it's actually kind of helped because in those moments where someone says something that's really unkind or downright rude, um, I, I kind of have this moment where I'm like, oh, the voice in my head that's cutting me down is way meaner than you are. I'm telling myself worse things than you're telling me. And I know that you're, you don't understand the full picture and that's okay. But it's, it's almost, it's easier to dismiss my own thoughts about myself that are negative because I'm like, oh, well, this person who's saying this thing doesn't understand the value that I'm bringing or it doesn't resonate with them. And that's their deal. And that's fine. They don't have to. Um, and it's just easier to kind of break out of that negative mindset that I'm putting on myself because I don't know when you stand up for yourself a little bit, it's, it's easier to practice that muscle. So It's very liberating to feel confident in the product that you offer and to stand up a little bit, you know, and be like, actually, and I mean, things that I feel like being a business owner has really been hard, but it's really made me a stronger, better person because I've had to face Mm -hmm. some personal demons, you know, and people attack and, and not all the time, but when it does happen, it's all consuming. But, um, but just having a little bit more, no, a lot more confidence in what I offer. And, and when I do make mistakes and someone calls it out, I'm like, yeah, that was a mistake. And then improving. And Mm -hmm. it's a very public, uh, refiner's fire, if you will, like figuring out how to stand up for yourself and, and realizing that most of the time when someone else is throwing stones or saying negative things, it's about them, that those are the issues. That's how they're viewing the world. And it's really unfortunate, but to, not take it as personally, you know, easier said than done. Right. But yeah, it's, it's super interesting to, to just experience business growth. And, and it looks from the other side, so glamorous, like, wow, they're, they've really made it, but there are some bumps along the way, you know, that, um, sure. but again, not to sound ungrateful because it's, it no. is a really humbling 
awesome thing. But all, as entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast to realize that it's normal to go through bumps, ups and downs, and you're not alone yeah. and you can reach out and there's friends to chat with. Um, so if you were to share it with someone who's listening, what is one tip or piece of advice that you would give to someone who's a creative entrepreneur? Yes. So this one, this is, is so near and dear to my heart because I was thinking um, about something that happened when I first, when I first joined Instagram and I was sharing my quilty stuff and wasn't thinking of it as a business. And I was, I first of all discovered that, oh my gosh, there's so many quilters out here um, and started looking at the hashtags for this and that. I didn't even know what modern quilting was. I discovered that. And I instantly got so overwhelmed by all of the different amazingly talented people in which like, I'm not buttering up here. Like truly you were one of them. I was just like, Oh my gosh, like it's just so pretty and it's like all put together and I'm not put together. And, you know, looking at different, you know, broadcloth studio and wax and Wayne and everybody's like amazing and talented. And I'm just like, but that's not my style. Like it's gorgeous, but it's not my style. Like that's not what I make. So does that mean that my stuff isn't the right thing or, and I tried so hard to put myself into this box of like, you know, well, this is what it should look like. And this is, and so I struggled at first because I was just thinking, well, gosh, like, I guess I'm not a quilter because my stuff doesn't look like these things. My color scheme is different. Like I want to just kind of mix it up a little more. And, and so I got stuck. Um, and then one of the, that really liberating moment for me was going to the festival and seeing there's a huge range of different things that are all awesome in their own way. Um, and having that moment of like, oh, it's okay to just do what I want to do um, and still really appreciate all of these different other looks for the way that they look, even if I don't necessarily want to make it. Um, and I can appreciate the work that went into it and the beauty that's there, but I can also do my own thing and, and play with that. And so for somebody who is, is creative, um, but struggling with how to move forward or somebody who wants to start making, but isn't really sure that is the best, best piece of advice I can give is to just follow what makes you happy. Like do what you, what, what brings you joy, like what delights you, um, and try not to think about it. And it's hard to push out that voice of, Oh, will somebody else like this? Or will this be delightful to all these other people? Like it's, you can't go there because you've got to stick with, does it delight you? Because at the end of the day, like, let's say it you makes you super, super happy and you put it out there. Let's say nobody likes it, but there's one person who's still really happy with it and that's you. So that's awesome. And it was worth doing. And if you put it out there and, and you're making it, it doesn't quite make you happy, but you think other people will like it and they do well, that's great, but now they like something that isn't really truly you. So it's hard to find that voice and it's hard to to figure out what is me? What does that even mean? But it's one of those things that you kind of develop over time as you continue to make things that make you happy. Um, and it's sort of kind of stumbling in a direction that that brings you joy. <laughs> so that that's, is... Yeah. Beautiful truth right there that is invaluable. I, if people can take one thing away from life, it's that. Like, mm -hmm. And 
Wow. I, I can't sum it up any better than you did. That is just beautiful. <laughs> that was really well said. So thank you for that. And if people, I actually go back and re-listen to what Allie just said, because that is like the number one takeaway for, for joy and for business success. Honestly, if there's someone out there who feels like my look doesn't fit in, I envy you because that is valuable for a business. You mm-hmm. want to stand out from the crowd. You do not want to be another sheep that's just replicating. It looks like that. You want to be different. And so so embrace that. If there's someone out there listening who's like, I just don't fit in. Lucky, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's tricky. And the other thing about, about doing things that bring you joy and that make you happy is that your people will find you, yep. you know, like if, if what you absolutely love is making purple unicorns, then all the people who love purple unicorns will be like, Hey, I love purple unicorns. And then they find you and you can talk about it. And yep. it's like, it, it's so much easier to, to find your people when you broadcast what it is that you like. Yes. You so. can geek out over the things that you love and be genuine. Cause also if you create something thinking someone else might really love this, I'm going to try and do that. Good luck recreating that if they do like it, like, and then what, then what comes next? And after that, mm-hmm. so if you, but if you're true to yourself and you create what comes from within and what you love, that's an endless supply of ideas and creativity and, and you will right. find your people. And yeah, Seth Godin talks about that. I don't know if you know who he is, but he talks about finding, going out on the ledge, the furthest ledge you can go out on getting so narrow. So, you know, which I feel like the sea glass is that, and it's been very successful. Not that that's why you did it, but um, anyhow. (laughs) Okay, so to end, I've got some rapid fire questions. And this first one, you are a marine biologist. Your name is Exhausted Octopus. So do you like and do you eat seafood? Yes, I love seafood. Um, And this is maybe embarrassing to admit, but I love crabs the most, uh, which is uh, if you follow me at all and look at my stories, one of my favorite animals in my fish tank is a tiny little crab named Donna, <laughs> who I love with all my heart. So I, I, like, I'm glad she can't hear me because I love eating crab, but um, yeah. <laughs> so have you ever eaten octopus? I just have to know. Um, I think I have actually. Yes, I have um, okay. a while back. Yeah, I'm not opposed to eating. The only thing that I wouldn't eat uh, seafood wise is, is sea turtle. I mean, I've been in places mm. where it's, yeah, I just, I just can't, I can't do it. Um, yeah. I've been in places where it's like, they say it's, you know, it's sourced locally with a, an abundance. I can't do it. They're, yeah. they're too endangered. It's, it's too painful. I couldn't. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. What is one thing you are really good at that most people do not know about you? Oh gosh. I really like to watercolor. Um, I feel like that's another arty thing though. So that's kind of, but, um, I'm a good baker. Uh, I I haven't been doing it very much because, uh, I, even though it's been the perfect year to do it when we're stuck inside, but I just have not had the energy, but I love baking, not cooking. I'm not a Mm -hmm. good cook, but baking specifically like cookies, pies, cakes. Ah, I'm great at it. You can bake Um, all day for me. I have no idea. So, okay, with the paint color, this is not on the list of questions, but um, yeah. do you think you'll ever try to design a fabric line? You know, I thought about it, and first of all, I'm not, I, I think no, short mm-hmm. answer, um, just because I'm, I, I, I love painting, but most of my painting has been so off the wall, surreal stuff that 
would appeal to a very small amount of people. Um, but you know, there's the lesson again, if it makes me happy, right. You never know. Um, but so I don't know. Um, but also I'm not, I'm not sure about, about how I feel about making more fabric and putting it out there. Um, I would rather be using up fabric that already exists. Mm -hmm. I'm so aware of like how much, how much there is out there. Um, and I'm trying to work to be more sustainable. So a lot of my, I'm realizing now I didn't do this on purpose, but looking back, I'm realizing that a lot of my patterns and classes and tutorials and everything, it's mostly focused on scraps, um, and using scraps and, that's kind of where joy is for me is finding and putting together pieces that you wouldn't normally fit together or you wouldn't usually think go together. Um, I think that makes something really beautiful and unique. Um, but also it, it helps to use up stuff that we have that's already there. So I'm, I'm trying to focus on that. So that was a, supposed to be a speedy question, but well, no, I, love I don't. And yeah. I, I think that feeds into the question. What's one thing that you're really good at the most? And maybe most people do know this, I, uh, but you are a very loving, caring, like you care about the earth. You don't want waste. You, you care for people. Um, and I feel like that's very evident in your Instagram account as well. So I would say that's something Thank that you. you're good at. So next question, what's one non-quilt related Instagram account that you think everyone should know about and follow? Okay. So I have just recently uh, been made aware of this awesome account, but um, it's called at Los Wit, L-O-S-W-H-I-T. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's W-I-T. Oh, I should know that. Um, anyway, it's Carlos Whitaker and he's an author, but he also does a lot of, um, he does a lot of, social justice work he works a lot with teens he's I mean gosh he's every week he's fundraising for somebody else um and he just he has the most amazing stories on there um that I mean every other week I'm reading it and I'm just like crying like looking through his stories because he's like helping out these kids or this is going on and and he's also really funny like he'll he did a trip um well, he's done a few trips, but if you check out his stories, he has it all saved and they're just really funny and it's worth a follow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I will check it out. Okay. What is the first fabric line that you remember falling in love with? Okay. So this is easy for me. Um, it's, it's Darlings by Ruby Star Society, mm-hmm. um, which is relatively recent, but I'm a relatively recent uh, quilter. <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess I just started a couple years ago. So, um, that was the one though that really hooked me. I mean, it's got an octopus in it. Like I'm already in. And then there's, there's cats and there's these like awesome women who are like looking this way and that way. It's just, it's very, very cool. I love it so, so much. Um, and pretty much just about everything that Ruby star society puts out now. I'm like, Oh, that's amazing and adorable. And it, it really is hard to not just buy all the fabric um, because everything is great. But yeah, that's, that's a good classic for me. Nice. The octopus. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is one dream that you hope to accomplish in this life? I know there's a lot to choose from, but just yes. pick your top one. So this is incidentally not quilting related, mm-hmm. um, but I, and this is actually hard to say. So this is one of those, like, speak out the thing that you want and put it out yep. into the universe. But I am a writer, which is 
also difficult to say because I don't feel like I deserve to call myself a writer because I never published mm-hmm. anything. Um, but I like to write science fiction and fantasy. And at some point, someday, I would love to have one of my novels published. I've written a few. They're not, they're not ready yet. They're not yeah. worth reading yet. But, but I would like to someday. Um, that's, that's a dream I have. Okay. I did not know this about you, but it makes sense <laughs> because you yeah. had like, I want to say on your Instagram account, you'll have to correct me, but it was like a hundred days where you would share like the, the lengthiest introduction sentences <laughs> or what was that? Those are, so that was part of the, there's a contest called the Bulwer Lighten uh, contest. And it's, it's based on the author who originally wrote, it was a dark and stormy night as a sentence. Well, that, that's the very short part of the first opening sentence. It's, it's absolutely ridiculously long. And he's an author was notorious for being like, just so wordy to the point of ridiculousness. And so every year there's a contest um, where people submit just the worst, the best worst sentences they can think of. And it's, it's really funny to read through them. Um, but I decided to I just wanted to share some of them. I thought they were funny and I wanted to make myself laugh if nobody else. And so for that 100 days, thank you for that 100 days project, which I realized I probably stopped around day 30 or something, which I always do. I never make it through 100 day projects. I always, I never make it to 40. Um, But for each one, I was like, well, I could just post a block every day, but it's kind of dull. And I want to just like do something a little more. So I just started tacking on sentences with each one and, I mean, I found it funny. I was really doing it for me, but uh, <laughs> I loved it. I thought yeah. it was clever. So that makes sense. Here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I will watch for a novel, a book to be published by you. You've got a fan right here. So Gosh, you've got one copy sold. <laughs> awesome. It may take me a couple decades. Thank you so much, Allie, for <laughs> okay. being on the podcast. It was so fun chatting with you. And if people want to find you, where, where can they find you? So I am at Exhausted Octopus on Instagram. Um, and I have a website, which is ExhaustedOctopus.com. I hope that you enjoyed meeting Allie and hearing her story. She is truly just such a deep thinker, a loving, compassionate person, and she is on to some really exciting business ventures. So go ahead and follow her on Instagram if you're not and check out her website. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Next week, you'll be hearing from yours truly, and I will be talking about saying no, which sounds so interesting because sometimes with a business, you want to think about how do I grow? What can I do? I need to do this. But actually, some not sometimes, a lot of the time, saying no to the opportunities, to the ideas, is what's really going to help you grow. So be sure to tune in next week when I talk to you about saying no. Until then, have a wonderful week and I will see you later. 